Hello, everybody, and welcome to the 76th episode of the Promenade Merchants Podcast. We are an independent Star Trek podcast that records just about every two weeks or so, so we don't overload you, if you get what I'm saying. I'm David Majors. I'm one of the hosts. Thank you. Hi. And I'm joined by my fantastic co-host, Miss Heather Kirby. Hey, Heather. What's up, David? I just want to say I am thoroughly excited that after our last episode, we have officially found our people. Our people are Trek fans who are also wrestling fans. <laughs> yes, that that is our people. We, we love them for it and we appreciate any kind of interspersing between Star Trek and professional wrestling. If if we are the bridge, if we are the diplomatic envoy, if you will, between professional wrestling fans and Star Trek fans, then the Promenade Merchants podcast is welcoming the challenge and rising to the occasion. So let I, us I, jump in. Oh, I'm no, just go saying ahead. like Cody Rhodes, call me, you know, you ever want to talk Star Trek? Come yeah, Code Man. Roller coaster, my guy. All right, let's jump in. Uh, for new listeners of the show, again, hi, thank you. Uh, we do our show in kind of a three act format where we start with old business, which we cover legacy Star Trek. We just have a little banter, a little convo, if you will, about something from legacy Star Trek. Uh, new business, the second act, is where we talk about what is currently airing in Star Trek right now so we're going to talk about lower decks and i will offer a brief take on the most recent very short trek we know they've been much discussed much bandied about but i will offer a brief take on some of the recent episodes and then later we'll talk about upcoming business where we talk about news in the world of star trek things looking ahead things looking at star trek beyond if you will pun always intended so let's jump in uh heather for old business, this is one that you brought along. It is October of 2023, and I do believe it was most appropriate, so I will let you have the con. So, yeah, October is, as everybody knows, at least in the U.S., October is the spooky season, uh, Halloween, uh, all the new horror movies come out in the movie theaters, uh, stuff like that. So I think it's the most appropriate time to talk about some of the scariest episodes in Star Trek. Because as much as we love Star Trek, they really do cover the gambit from comedy to drama to action to mystery to even scary. And so when thinking about the scariest episodes in Star Trek, um, the one that tops my mind is from Voyager, the episode called The Thaw, because it's the one where they had a bunch of characters kind of take over, and, and it was essentially bringing people's fears to life. And I think one of the scariest things uh, when you're, you, you're dealing with things that are legitimately scary is fear itself. And everyone has a fear of something. And so to have the fears being brought to life and showing people dealing with that is definitely quite terrifying. And I'm, I'll be honest, I just kind of 
froze for a minute. Could, could you tell me what episode that was again? The Thaw. The Thaw. The Thaw. Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. That was an episode from... I'm pulling it up here from Voyager. Oh, this episode. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yes, this episode. Uh, this one, I agree with you. This one was very scary. Um, I've always said that this episode was almost a little too weird for me. It, it kind of pushes my my edge a little bit. It gets almost to the level where I don't usually like watching this one. Uh, I think... Michael McDonald did a fantastic performance as the clown. And I'm always for a Harry Kim centered episode. And yeah, this was, this is a really good choice. It's a really good choice. Yeah. So the other thing I could think of when it came to scary episodes, and I'm going to blank on the titles because I didn't write the titles down, but both Voyager and Enterprise each had an episode where like, there was just one person awake on the ship, one or two people. And you had like, there were sort of phantoms in the dark corners of the ship that were not necessarily phantoms, but they heard noises and they thought something was coming after them or whatever. And that's the type of scary that I enjoy watching. Cause I think it's very realistic. You know, like when you're home alone at night and it's dark out or it's stormy and you hear random bumps in the night, like that that that's a real type of scary. It's it's not over the top, but it's something that a regular person can relate to. Those are both good choices. Um, I actually have two of my own, and I think you'll see that they have a common theme. Uh, my first one is what I've always said is maybe one of my favorite episodes of The Next Generation. And that is Frame of Mind from season six. Uh, it is the episode where Commander Riker feels like in the middle of rehearsing a play, he's losing his grip on reality. And he's not sure where he is. Is he on the Enterprise? Is he in an alien hospital under hostile forces and you really see him struggle and really go through the gauntlet of one's own grasp on reality and no secret i've been somewhat open about my mental health issues and that is one of the episodes that resonates with me just because of that idea of feeling like you have to tell people you're not crazy even though you feel like your your grip on reality might be slipping and you're not really sure that you know maybe you are crazy and that that's never a good feeling uh frame of mind from the next generation okay i want to hear what the second one is first before i comment Okay, uh, for the second one will be from DS9, Season 5, and that is the episode Empok Nor, Heather. Uh, this is the episode of DS9 where Chief O'Brien leads a team, along with Garrick, to another Cardassian space station, Empok Nor, to salvage equipment for DS9. Uh, the station is filled with booby traps and all sorts of other things, uh, and 
Garrick starts to go insane and he does some t- pretty bad things. And once again, it goes back to that idea of losing control of your faculties, losing your grip on reality and not really knowing what you're capable of. And and given that it's Garrick, we know what he's capable of and what kind of dark, twisted things can lurk inside of his head. And that was another one that specifically to me was 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 one that really struck a chord. I, I do like psychological horror a lot. And I think both of these episodes are really good examples of it. I I agree with you. Um, I I like psychological horror. I'm not quite sure if I like this level of psychological horror because I think I'm very <laughs> much on the frame of mind. Like your response was to the thaw, where like these episodes are it's a little too hard for me to watch. <laughs> Um, and honestly, and, and I wanted to add a third one in there that kind of falls in the same vein, which is the one that a lot of people love as a Crusher fan. And I am a Crusher fan, but it's remember me. And she really goes through the same process, maybe not as intense as Riker does in a frame of mind where she feels like she's losing her mind and her grip on reality because she is in a different reality. So it's not necessarily her mind that's failing. It's the reality that's failing, but it's the same concept. And yeah, um, it's a little hard for me to watch, to watch people do that. And I wouldn't be able to even start to analyze myself as to why I feel that way, but I do. Totally understandable that you don't. Uh, that episode, I I always really liked that episode because I really enjoyed the suspense that it brought. And it was cool that it was a Beverly Crusher episode. I always thought that was really cool. And I loved the the science behind this episode. And I loved the the stakes and the intensity that this episode brought. I really, really liked this episode. So I think I think that's a that's a really good choice as well for for a third. I don't think I have a third episode uh, that that really falls into the category of psychological horror. I know I've talked a lot about. Um, Extreme Risk from Voyager uh, with Balana, but that's not really a psychological horror episode. That's more of a a more of a mental stress kind of episode. But I, I think that Star Trek, when it does do suspense and horror and thriller, it can be very, very good. I, I actually think that it's one of the stronger points of Star Trek that it can do, and I think this is conducive to sci-fi, I think Star Trek, by and large, does horror pretty well, Heather, my opinion. Oh, yeah. Uh, it, it, well, you know, honestly, I could affirmatively say, especially after Strange New Worlds last year, that Star Trek can do anything well. <laughs> so, <laughs> just leave it at that. No argument from me on that one. Uh, are we ready to move into new business? Yes. Okay. Um, 
Let's start with the very short treks, because I can keep this super duper brief. The two most recent episodes, episodes three and four, were not terrible. They were not terrible. Um, I believe the fifth episode will be the last one. And I know that Aaron Waltke from Star Trek Prodigy did one of the episodes. And I think it's pretty obvious that the increase in quality was because of him. And Aaron Waltke gets Star Trek in in a way that, I'm just going to say it, Casper Kelly, the other creator behind the very short treks, does not. And yeah, the most recent episodes of Very Short Trek were not terrible. Maybe that's just in comparison to like the first two. (laughs) But yeah, they weren't terrible. Okay. I still haven't watched them. So. They're they're not they're not like must watch or anything, but they're they're not terrible. Uh, okay, let's jump into lower decks. Uh, let's talk about empathological fallacies. Uh, Heather, after this episode, uh, it had taken me a very long time to say this, but I think I officially have a favorite episode of Star Trek Lower Decks. I absolutely loved every single second about this episode and ironically it had not one not two but three betazoids in it (laughs) so so don't give up on me just yet folks i can grow i can show progress i i can i can deal with the betazoids okay but yeah this i absolutely loved this episode i i genuinely loved it i love to Lynn's character arc. I loved every character with their heightened emotions. I thought that the comedy really nailed it. I thought Captain Freeman was great in this episode. And so was Shax, honestly. I thought Shax and the security department were great with Boimler. I I just absolutely loved every second about this episode. Yeah, this episode was a lot of fun and and pretty darn good and definitely made me love and appreciate Talyn as a character um i think it came very unexpected that the emotions running wild was from coming from Talyn instead of the betazoids because the betazoids was kind of like the obvious answer um given what we know about Betasoids of a certain age. Thank you, Laksana. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, thanks a lot, Laksana. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, every single thing about this episode was just spot on. Um, Shax and Boimler and the poems <laughs> were just perfect. But I loved, ultimately, and one of the things I really loved about this was Shaq's explanation to Boimler like yeah we're here to secure the ship but we're also here to take care of everyone on the ship you know and I thought that was a very evolved explanation from people that you would consider were just big security grunts you know I I I I loved it I I thought it worked really well considering um 
Miggly Mo kind of sucks as a therapist, okay? Yeah, he's not the greatest. <laughs> uh, but yeah, and I love the Betazoid guest stars. They were fabulous. Uh, Principal Ava was a fucking Betazoid in Star Trek. Come on now. Yeah. Like, yeah, it was awesome. Everything about it was awesome. I... One of my favorite moments from this episode was Captain Freeman. And I really, maybe it's just this whole season, but Captain Freeman really showed how good a captain she can be through all of this. Uh, when everybody's heightened emotions were getting out of control, she still like maintained some control of herself to try her best to get the crew to calm down. And she maintained a certain level of instinct as to something that was going wrong uh didn't necessarily figure out that it was to lynn was looking at the betazoids but the point where she said i'm good at my job and, and i felt like saying yeah captain freeman you are you're a good captain yes you are and i'm i'm so behind captain freeman i she's really climbing up the charts on my on my captain's list i've really 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 grown to like her i've been saying that about captain freeman and commander ransom all season and i'm going to talk about ransom a little bit when we get into the next episode but yeah i i love this episode i'm so happy to lynn as a regular character because she has become my favorite member of the lower deckers and i i absolutely loved everything about it yep me too. All right, so let's get into the next episode. Uh, that was Parth Ferengi, Parth Ferengi's Hearth Place. Easy for me to say. Uh, so the crew of the Cerritos uh, is, along with the USS Toronto, uh, working on a working on a application form for Ferenginar to join the Federation. First of all. Can we just talk about how big a deal that is for Ranganar joining the Federation? Yeah. It's a big deal. I mean, it is. Like, after DS9 and given how the Ferengi started in the Star Trek universe and to where they are now, that's that's really saying something. So I think that that was actually, like, not a small thing in Star Trek canon that the Ferengi are about to join the Federation or at least applying to it. Uh, what did you think of this episode, Heather? Um, it was not my favorite. It okay. was not my favorite. Um, the one interesting thing I really liked about this episode was the very beginning because it gave us some more clues into what that mystery ship is that one crew member on that Ferengi ship knew what that ship was like did you get that did you sense that in that scene I did not yeah to go back and watch it the very beginning the very first scene there's the the two guys going through like the the phasers and shit that they're going to throw away because Ron doesn't want to trade arms anymore or whatever and he he makes a comment like, oh, 
uh, like he he makes some sort of comment like he knew that ship was coming and then when he was sitting at his station on the bridge like even the captain looked at him and said like you're up to something like like what's going and he was like oh no no i don't know anything and then the ship blows them up so that one ferengi knew that that ship was coming and had some sort of idea as to what that ship was and so I think that's a really important clue that's going to tie back later. Okay. Well, hopefully we'll come back to it. Uh, one thing that I really liked about this episode, I'm bringing it up again, was Mariner and her Ferengi friend talking about her promotion and how much she doesn't like it and how much she doesn't like Commander Ransom being nice to her. And her Ferengi friend was sometimes a friend needs to offer a different perspective and tell you what's going on. And he made the point, like, Ransom's not doing anything wrong. He's allowing you to grow and do as you see fit. What are you so pissed off about? And Mariner really didn't have an answer for that. And... I think that this dynamic, this arc between Ransom and Mariner is still really interesting. I'm I'm really interested in where it goes for the rest of the season. Yeah. Not so much. <laughs> no, nothing. I I I just I I don't know. I'm not a I'm not a fan of Ransom and, and maybe this or the whole Ransom and Mariner arc because this really dates back to I think it was like maybe like season two where he kind of like it, it, there were a couple comments in there in like this one episode in season two where he kind of implied that he was kind of attracted to Mariner uh, so I <sighs> I'm worried that this arc is going to end up going that way. And I think that whole idea is kind of disgusting and I don't want to see it. So that's why I'm not on board with it at all. I did not pick up on that in any way, shape or form. Um, I think we'll probably agree. Um, Tendi and Rutherford. That was weird. Yeah. That was that, very weird. That whole thing was weird. Um, I, it 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 almost like I get what they were trying to do with it, but at the same time, it's really forcing these two into a situation that's truly uncomfortable, and they should have never been put in in the first place. And it was really hard to watch. And then on the other hand, I'm I'm not quite sure I like the Boimler story in this episode, too. As much as that is relatable, and I love watching trash TV for hours at a fucking time, but <laughs> the fact that Boimler is the type of person that would have gotten wrapped up in that when, you know, he had every intention of going, really, like, doing his job and, and, and going to the museums and, and going, checking off the boxes to as many places as he could and then gets wrapped up in that. I I don't know. Not a fan of that either. He's so. been very all over the place this entire season. Yeah. He's really just been bleh, the whole season. Uh, you're really starting to see how 
the promotion to lieutenant junior grade uh, is getting to both Mariner and Boimler. Um, maybe not so much Rutherford, but a little bit with Tendy, how they're handling the promotion. And I think that's a really interesting thing. And we're seeing how they're all taking to it. And that's something to keep an eye on. Um, I just want to throw something out there about Tendy and Rutherford. Do you think that this was put in there on purpose? Because there might be people out there who see them as an item. And now that they saw how uncomfortable it was, do you think it might change their minds? I mean, no. I, I, I honestly, if anything, I think it might have been put in there from like some random Paramount exec that says, why isn't there a love story in this show and you need to add one? And so Mike said, okay, here you go. See how awkward it is. <laughs> and why the show doesn't need one. That I could see happening. Oh, okay, so the Paramount exec got their point, the shippers got their point, and we can all move on from Tendy and Rutherford being an item. We can all move on. Uh, yeah, this episode, coming off of the last episode, maybe not the greatest, maybe not the best, but hmm. Lower Decks has been pretty good this season so far, so... We'll look forward to episodes seven and eight when we come back. Uh, look, oh, we didn't even talk about Ram and Lita. I was going. Mm, you're right. You're right. <laughs> uh, what did you think of Ram and Lita negotiating with Captain Freeman and, and the Admiral? Um, I my main takeaway from that was that Captain Friedman showed how good of a captain she is because she really got where it was going. Um, I, I I feel like the two of them being on the show was kind of forgettable, which is a little sad considering how many other like uh, cameos have been on Lower Decks, which we were like, oh yeah, that's amazing. And then here we have Ram and Lita, who really are two lovely, wonderful characters. And then... Their story was kind of a side part to the main story and was kind of forgettable. So I I feel like it played Rom off stupider than he actually is, which as, as they made the point, like he was trying to play that character for the negotiations, but it still didn't come off really well to me. So, and honestly, it played Lita like she was and I, I don't want to say this the wrong way Lita is a wonderful character I don't know that Lita was is as conniving as a negotiator as she was played in that episode so I, I don't know it, they both seem kind of out of character hmm. I think that it seemed like they were both kind of caricatures of themselves in that Rom was really stupid and Lita was just covering for him because she's a lot smarter than people let on, uh, than people realize. I, I think that they were trying to do like a heightened caricature version of both characters since it's Lower Decks and that's kind of what happens. 
But I definitely get where you're coming from. They were kind of the A, B, C, D plot of the episode. Yeah. Uh, and kind of downplaying the fact that Ferenginar is applying to join the Federation. Not a small thing. And I I I agree. I, I think you you make a good point about that. I it was nice to see them, but they probably could have done more. Yeah. Okay, so, so far, after seven episodes, how do you feel about this season of Lower Decks so far, Heather? Eh. It's okay. All right, okay. I'd say I'm feeling pretty good. I'm feeling pretty all right. Uh, Let's jump in to upcoming business. Uh, This is the part of the show where we talk about news, notes, and anything that's just happening in the Star Trek universe. Uh, I know I had something, but Heather, you are more than welcome to go first. Okay. Well, I just wanted to mention about how they announced some of Kid Cudi's partnership with Star Trek and what's going to be highlight. It is Kid Cudi for for the record. Okay. Whatever. I I don't even know who the guy is. Okay. Kid (laughs) Cudi. Whatever. But part of his partnership with Star Trek and the different things that are planned to uh, premiere at New York Comic Con. And one of those things is a streetwear collection, which honestly, I am very excited about. I think it looks very cool. Um, As some people on the internet pointed out, it also looks very gay, which I don't care. (laughs) I'm all for Okay, um, but yeah, it, it, it looks really cool and I'm very excited about and I hope it's not insanely overpriced so I can afford some of it. And I, I, I'm looking to see what I'm excited to see what the whole collection looks like. So, okay, I'm getting a look now uh, and I see a jacket, uh, kind of a purple yeah, jacket with blue sleeves. That's, that's what I'm the seeing only right sneak now. peek they showed of the collection. Okay. The okay. Um, I don't hate it. I don't hate it. That's what I'll say. I do not hate it. And I'm looking forward to what else they've come up with. I'm, I'm intrigued. And I don't hate this jacket. If someone were to buy it for me, I would probably wear it. But would it be something I would buy for myself? Mm, I don't know. But I don't hate it. Uh, I'm interested. I'm interested in what they come up with. Uh, Now it's my turn. And I'm going to bring it down the vibe. Because that's what I've been doing lately in upcoming business. Uh, Because I've been thinking about the future of Star Trek in the Paramount Plus era and expressing my concerns about its future. And recently, in an interview, Mike McMahon, uh, the creator of Star Trek Lower Decks, uh, brought up the point of saying that season five of Lower Decks is in the works, but it's possible that that season five might be its final season. It could be. And honestly, I'm one that has been talking about this since 
the announcement of Discovery ending. I don't like the vibes happening currently with Star Trek in the Paramount Plus era. And this is not helping the case. I, I feel like the there might be a paradigm shift coming, and I think it might be coming a lot sooner than we think. Okay. I it, uh, okay. So I'm gonna come at you a little hard here because I'm getting really annoyed at this point. By all means. The, the, it, people are losing their goddamn minds over the fact that Mike McMahon made these comments and are acting like. Paramount Plus has canceled Star Trek Lower Decks already, which isn't the case, folks. Okay? You're losing your shit over something that has not even happened yet. And it's it, to me, it just seems really ridiculous. It's really ridiculous to freak out about the state of our fandom, the, the, the state of the Star Trek universe, when it hasn't even happened yet. Frankly, in my opinion, I don't think any show in the modern era should go past five seasons when Discovery didn't go past five seasons. Okay? So if Star Trek Lower Decks ends at season, after season five, I am entirely okay with that. Because the modern era of Star Trek was helmed by Star Trek Discovery. I don't think any of these shows should go past the runtime that they gave Star Trek Discovery. Full stop there. But secondly, he didn't say it was canceled. He's currently in the process of making another season of Lower Decks. All he implied to you is that he doesn't know if anything's going to happen after that season. He didn't say it was canceled. So why is everybody on my gosh darn Twitter timeline freaking their freak out at Paramount, oh, if I cancel, if they cancel Lower Decks, we're going to riot. It hasn't been canceled yet. I don't get the freak out, okay? It makes no sense to freak out over something that hasn't even happened yet. And the best solution I can tell you is that if you are truly worried or concerned about them canceling a Star Trek show that you love, the only thing you can do is keep watching it and keep tweeting about it. Tweeting about how much you love it, not about how much you're going to come riot at Paramount if they cancel it, because they ain't going to listen to that shit, okay? You need to tweet about how much you love it. And as long as people are watching it, as long as people are socially interacting about it, there is no good reason as to why they should cancel a show. Because you know what? The reason why they canceled Star Trek Prodigy was not a good one. It was a freaking tax write-off. And it only got one season. And you need to direct your anger at the fact that Star Trek Prodigy still doesn't have a home for season two. Rather than the slight possibility if maybe in a year or so 
once season five of Star Trek Lower Decks is aired, that they might not make another season. Like, do you realize how ridiculous that sounds? And I'm not just saying this to you. I'm saying this to the fandom in general. Do you all realize how ridiculous you sound? People tweeted about Star Trek Discovery. People loved Star Trek Discovery. And CBS canceled it. But they canceled it in a time where it was making shit during the pandemic. We're putting on a ridiculous amount of money into a live action show and to produce it safely was not feasible for them to do. And frankly, they probably canceled it because there was more interest in Star Trek Strange New World. Let's be honest here, okay? You and I love Star Trek Discovery, but the fandom as a whole was way more interested in Star Trek Strange New World. So they threw their money at that. That's what happened. I'm not excluding Strange New Worlds from from this. We know that... It at least has one more season coming. At least. Season three of Strange New Worlds. After that, who knows? This is exactly what Mike McMahon was saying about Lower Decks season five. Afterwards, who knows? Who really knows? And after the cancellation of Discovery, and after the cancellation of Prodigy, and since it seems as though... Prodigy, sorry guys, I'm going to say it, Prodigy still hasn't found a new home. Uh, People do not like the world of uncertainty we're in right now. And that is going to stir up some emotions on all sides. And we really won't know until we hear something from Paramount and CBS. Okay, but they're never going to tell you. They're never going to tell you. You really think they're going to come out and say, oh, well, because Mike McMahon speculated that Lower Decks might end after season five. We're going to let you know we're still going to make like two more seasons of it. Do you really think they're going to tell you that? No. They're not going to tell you. Okay? I I, I mean, Star Trek is still profitable as a... a, a it's profitable as an item. And so we can sit there and see like the decline of some of these shows and Paramount going, okay, well, I don't want to produce this anymore. Well, it did get to be a lot. All right. It's a lot to produce five. And this isn't Disney money. We're talking about this is fucking Paramount. They don't have as much fucking money as Disney to produce like 10 goddamn star Wars and Marvel shows in a year. Okay. They don't have that much. This is a different level of studio that Star Trek falls under. It's not going to be the same. And I I just, I don't understand the anxiety of freaking out about something that hasn't even happened yet. We need to love the stuff that we have. We're still getting new Star Trek almost once a week, every week of the year, practically. Like, we are still getting a ton of new Star Trek. And, yeah, so that might get less as the years go on. But then it might go back up again. I mean, we had, what, 15? No, it wasn't even 15 years. We had a, 
I, I, a decade I, plus. I can't think of the exact time frame, but we had a certain time frame where we didn't have Star Trek on TV. And the fandom still survived. Okay? So they realized that Star Trek was still profitable and they started making Star Trek again. And the same shit will happen if this goes down and they decide to stop making things. Time will go by, might be 10 years, might be less, might be more, and they're going to start making Star Trek again. So I don't understand the whole, let's be anxious about them canceling all of our shows when we haven't even gotten there yet. I don't get it. Except two of them. Two of them. Okay, one that had a five season run in today's world, five seasons is a hell of a lot. And you're going to sit there and go, well, that's nothing compared to the older shows. Well, this isn't the fucking 90s. It wasn't on cable TV. I mean, if you if you're going to sit there and get worked up and upset about every single random think piece that comes out, why bring all that negativity? We're here to talk positively about stuff that we love. Why wallow in that negativity? It's not healthy and it's not good. You're right. It's it's not healthy and it's not good. And speaking as someone who does do that frequently, I, I understand where you're coming from and this franchise means so much to so many people. The thought of it going dormant again for an extended amount of time really scares a lot of people. And I think that is what worries a lot of people in that we're not going to have any Star Trek at all again for a long time. Now, we still have Starfleet Academy. We still have Section 31. And... We still Star have Trek. season five of Star Trek Discovery, mind you. That hasn't even aired yet. Right. So it, it is not over yet. N- not even close to being over. But Mike McMahon saying this in the wake of Star Trek Prodigy really did not help matters. It really didn't. So I think we all need to chill out a little bit enjoy the star trek we have right now and keep expressing how much we appreciate and love it show our support for the actors show our support for the writers show our support for the showrunners make sure everyone who needs to know knows that we love star trek and we want it to stay around for a long long time yeah yeah cool heather Thank you for giving it your all in talking me off the ledge. I will say you backed me up a few steps. You you did back me up a few steps. So thank you. And and I and, and and I hope everyone feels the same way. We need to appreciate the Star Trek we have right now. And and we're going to keep doing that here on this very podcast, The Promenade Merchants. Uh we'll be back in about two weeks or so with episode 77. Uh, Heather, uh, let everybody know where they can follow you. Well, uh, you can follow me on 
the site formerly known as Twitter. Uh, also on Blue Sky, uh, both at NerdyGal33. And, you know, Cody Rhodes, if you ever want to come talk about Star Trek with two crazy weirdos, you know, we're here. You can come find us. I'm just saying. <laughs> You're more than welcome, Code Man. You're more than welcome. We'll, we'll talk about getting you a cameo on, on an episode of Starfleet Academy or something in the future. That's what we need to do. <laughs> all right, everybody. Thank you all so much for listening. Uh, follow the podcast on the site formerly known as Twitter, as well as Blue Sky, at Prom Trek Pod. You don't have to follow me on either of those. I'm, I'm, I suck. Don't worry about it. Uh, until next time, everybody, live long and something or other. Heather, take it home. Chin up, tits out, and watch for the shoe.